Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin and Andrew. We are the Jayhawk Talk podcast, and we are back. It is KU basketball season. Andrew, are you as hyped as I am? I'm pretty hyped, Kevin. Uh, just coming down off of a Royals high, mm. trying to get myself back up into uh, a Jayhawks high. Uh, sorry for the long delay, folks. We took a bit of a summer break. I uh, didn't really come back to talk much football. Don't know if there was much to talk about, but uh, we're back for basketball, full-time basketball. Hopefully we'll have tons of podcasts coming. Uh, do you want to talk about that for a second, Kevin? What's what's our plan for this season's worth of podcast? So you and I haven't talked about this. We so haven't. we're going to no. talk about it right now over the okay. over the, uh, the air here. So I say we do one at least weekly. Okay. Um, I, can we at least agree to do that? We will agree to the people. Right. Hold us to it. We're going to do a podcast we'll do, every we'll do, single week. Compact with the people. And then we might also do Whoa. like some... Maybe Whoa. some little ones in, you know, some okay. little, little sprinkles in there. Maybe some sprinkled podcasts within there. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I also think we should do less information dump and more like game stuff. Couldn't agree more. If you're coming here to learn about who scored the most points last game, you're not going to like this podcast. Uh, if you're coming here because you want to hear two morons talk about KU basketball and, like, cool shit that happened that week, this is the place for you to be. All right. So I think that that's what we want to do. Uh, but it is Kansas basketball season. Therefore, it's time for a Kansas basketball podcast. We've talked about this on the podcast before. This is kind of how our seasons work. So, you know, seasons generally. Some people have spring, summer, fall, winter. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. No, no. Our our seasons are KU basketball, mm. Game of Thrones, <laughs> baseball, Royals specifically, fantasy football, and then back to KU basketball, and so on and so on. That's it. So yeah. it's been an interesting year in terms of our seasons, uh, an El Nino year, if you will, because the Royals we had two El Nino years in a row. Yeah. The Royals, the Royals going all the way. Uh, in the World Series this year, which we had a lot of fun with, uh, leaving fantasy football season about four days. Yeah, four days, and now we're to KU basketball. Four so days, and then KU basketball. There so. you go. Get your DraftKings lineups in now, <laughs> <laughs> because it is time for some KU basketball. Andrew, let's talk about a little rundown on this here podcast, because it's been a while, as you mentioned, and we haven't done our KU basketball preview preview. So generally, we do the preview to the preview show. We're going to skip that. This is the preview. So just assume like maybe the preview preview happened back in episode 78 a month and a half ago. (laughs) That was the preview preview. Now we're to the preview. So we're going to run down everything that has to do with KU basketball this year. We're going to talk about the roster, some storylines, the starters, rotation, some of the uh, schedule issues we got coming up. Some predictions, some expectations. We're going to give our Jayhawk Talk preseason awards. Andrew, always a blast. And then we're going to talk about some games. Uh, We're going to play a couple games here on the podcast and also maybe even introduce a new version of a KU basketball drinking game. More on that later. Andrew, what do you say we jump right into this and talk a little KU basketball? 
Let's do it. You want to talk about the roster? Let's start there. Okay, so we have two key losses, Kelly Oubre and Cliff Alexander. But everybody else comes back. So Kelly is playing in Washington, D.C. Cliff is hurt for the Trailblazers. But everybody else is back in Lawrence. Um, that includes Perry, Wayne, Frank, Devontae Graham, Sviatoslav, or as I've just been calling him, Sviat. Like, <laughs> I like that. At, at the game the other night, he was like, come on, Sviat. Come on, Sviat. Uh, we got Brandon Green, Jamari, Landon, and Hunter, uh, along with some newcomers. Uh, called Carlton Bragg uh, got some good minutes uh, in the first game, first exhibition game against Pittsburgh State. Um, he was uh, the number four, uh, 24 um, composite player, according to 24-7. Uh, and, of course, LeGerald Vick, he was the number 88 composite player. And one guy still up in the air who we will talk about here in a little bit, a guy by the name of Czech Diallo, the number five overall player, MVP of the McDonald's All-American game, MVP of his team of the uh, Nike Hoop Summit. Obviously a very skilled, very talented big man. Who knows if he will actually play for the Jayhawks this year. Uh, but we, we've seen one game, and I, I know you've watched this game, the, the Pittsburgh State, the other game the other day, Kevin. Do we have any indication of who's going to be the starters? We had a solid lineup going forward last week, but but what do we know going forward? I think we've got to have the assumption that there are a few locks. Obviously, Perry's going to play. Frank's going to play. Devontae's probably going to start. And then Wayne Selden also. So who plays that fifth big uh, obviously, if Diallo is around, he becomes an option. Uh, Carlton Bragg is a little bit undersized, but you know could potentially develop into that. I think it's kind of going to be a hodgepodge to start the season, though. Uh, might see Mickelson start early. You might see Bragg eventually take over. You might see Landon. And even Self said today in his little uh, meeting with the media that he expects everybody to kind of play, and then they go with the hot hand, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, self's not really done that much uh, in the past. So we shall see on that fifth spot. But I don't know. I think the lineup could change throughout the year. This seems like one of those lineups, Andrew, that we might be seeing some changes, you know, maybe even one, two, three times this year. What do you think? And I think that that's especially true because a lot of guys can play different positions. We've seen Wayne move from the two to the three this year. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but Perry will move possibly from the four to the three. So Perry could play between three, but the three and the five, uh, a lot of different options with Devonte Graham moving to the two, just so many moving pieces, so much versatility that I can see this uh, lineup changing quite a bit. And we're not even talking about Sviatoslav who last year played the one, two and the three. Right. And he's coming off the bench. So uh, if, if he develops the way people are saying, he's probably going to develop, uh, Putting him in is going to make that lineup uh, even more difficult, but difficult in a good way. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. I think the you know the next thing you could talk about is how the rotation is going to work with those guys. This is a pretty deep team, and a kind of a team maybe I don't know from a depth perspective we haven't seen in a while at KU with you know with guys coming off the bench like Sfee and Brandon Green. Lucas and Trailer and maybe Mickelson, uh, depending on how that all kind of shakes out. And even a guy like Gerald Vick might even get some minutes. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, uh, especially on the the rotation part because Self has routinely only played 
you know, four bigs. I mean, that's generally what his rotation looks like. And uh, who knows? I mean, does someone get – is Landon the odd man out this year? Is Damari the odd man out this year? I don't know. So it'll be that will be interesting to see. Uh, and I think it really, like we said, it hinges on, on Diallo, whether he gets cleared. And if he does, I think the, the shakeup will be even bigger. So uh, let's get into Diallo a little bit because everybody kind of wants to hear, you know, that's – you know, I get a question every day on Twitter. What are you hearing about Diallo? What are you hearing about Diallo? Uh, a little background. Obviously, uh, he's from Mali. Uh, he spent three seasons playing high school at Our Savior New American on Long Island. I actually, I, I was kind of looking this up today, Andrew. I went to their website. They have a website there at uh, Our Savior New American. And their website uh, describes the school as a, quote, private Christian school that offers a strong Academic approach to education. I thought those words were kind of funny. A strong academic approach to education. <laughs> it's as like opposed, we really wanted to fit in academics and education in the same sentence, and we did it. <laughs> as opposed to like a strong athletic approach to education, because I or think like that's a probably strong more culinary approach to education. Uh, I also thought this was funny. They they continued, and an orderly, peaceful environment that is rooted in love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. So they're really big into academics, and their approach to education is academic. And then, of course, the, the love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. All very good things, important to say uh, on the website. Not sure they're really holding up the, the part about the academic approach, though. Maybe the, the Jesus part I think they're getting, but... The uh, academic approach, maybe not so much, because the NCAA has been investigating the school. Uh, several of his teammates have been investigated as well uh, by the NCAA Eligil- Eligibility Center, formerly the Clearinghouse. I think they call it the Eligibility Center now. Uh, regardless, he's not been cleared. So what we know is that uh, Self has come out and said things like, we're still talking, we're providing more information, we're giving, you know, we're, we feel really comfortable and confident that this is going to get cleared up, but what do you expect him to say? I mean, what do you expect him to go out and be like, man, this is a big old cluster F, and it's a disaster, and I don't know what's going to happen, and this is just an entirely huge mess. I mean, dude, it'd be nice if he came out and said that just to kind of maybe get some publicity on it, but he's not going to do that. So yeah, what's your take? Much- there's not much he can say. Uh, I think that this, you know, I'm speculating. I think that they've probably already received a ruling and that they're appealing it now, and that's why it's it's lasting so long. And that's based on absolutely nothing other than the length of time it's taking and that they're trying to fight to get him back in. I, I don't feel great about this at all. Uh, yeah. the, the longer it goes on, the the more unrealistic it is that he's going to be able to play but but Kevin let's 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 take this from a different perspective it, we know it would be great if he played and that uh, you know KU fans would be willing to do a lot to get him to play so I'm gonna ask you some some questions here okay and it would would you give up this thing I'm going to ask <laughs> in exchange for Diallo okay. being declared eligible what you got so the first one would you give this up to get Chick Diallo cleared. First one. No Big 12 title, but you have Diallo for the postseason. Wow, that's a great one. Um, do you have you said for the postseason, so does that mean he starts playing 
His no, first game is the Big the 12 whole, tournament? He's there the whole year, but we okay. don't win. Yeah, he's there the whole year. I think I would take Diallo. Uh, and my reasoning for that is I think he's the missing piece to a potentially Final Four and up type of team. If he's not there, I think we have that upside, but it, I don't feel nearly as good about it. So I'm ready for – I don't know about you, but I'm ready for Final Fours. I'm ready for – for uh, championships the big 12 winning it is great but if we get diallo all year i think i would take the uh i think i would take that right. what about you what would you do there i know you set the line here but... I, I that's that's what i'm thinking too is that, okay you know he's that piece that's that's kind of why i said it that's a great question though interesting all right, all right. the yeah. rest of these are not great questions okay good <laughs> the next one okay this next one is he becomes eligible only if you move to Columbia, Missouri and stay there. So every moment that you are within the boundaries of Columbia, Missouri, he's eligible. But no, if you step outside of it, he's <laughs> not, ineligible. Not a chance. No? Sorry, Shaq. Yeah, not going to okay. do it. Can't. All nope. right. All right. That one wasn't as good a question. I completely agree. No. Okay. <laughs> this next one is a devastating question. Okay. No more pizza. Oh, like, God. You can't eat pizza, but... In exchange for that, he's eligible. So is there like a statute of limitations here? Uh, we'll Can just, I eat we'll pizza just for a after year. this? We'll season? just say for a year. Can we talk about the definition of pizza? Because we're talking about bread, we're talking about tomato sauce, and we're talking about cheese. So like bagel any bites? combination, bagel bites, pizza bites, no. really? Pizza bites, Not even no. bagel bites? Nope. This is a sacrifice. So wait, you de- you defined it as what? You can't define pizza, but <laughs> let me let me we'll just because it sounded like a calzone. I can't even have. When you, well, what well, you just described. Hey, it, we're, we're gonna err on the side of it calling. Any, I can't whatever even have a calzone. Uh, you know what? As a sacrifice to uh, you know the greater good of Kansas basketball, I would give up pizza for an entire year wow. if Diallo was cleared. I would do that. That's how much I care, folks. All right, this next one, last one for you. Right. This one is the worst question. Okay, that one was pretty bad. This one's the worst one. All right. So, Vin Diesel and Kesha have a baby together. <laughs> okay. This this baby obviously is is, is destined. To I had rum in my mouth. <laughs> I was drinking a drink. This, this one goes on for a little bit. This one goes on for a little bit. You have to bear with me. Okay. I'm going to start over because you need I'm to I'm not going to take a drink this time. Okay, go on. Vin Diesel and Kesha have a baby together. Okay. This baby's obviously destined to become the chosen one, right. obviously. But they let you adopt that baby and raise it as your own. Would you give that have that or <laughs> check Diallo eligible? Okay, so you're allowing me to have the opportunity to raise Kesha and Vin Diesel's child. Who is the chosen one? I have that opportunity. Yeah. Would that be like a public knowledge? I mean, um, would this be in like People Magazine, like handed over, well, I mean, probably, like this? Because it's the chosen one; it's a big deal. I mean, I don't know if I want that kind of media attention. Um, but I mean, the upside there is pretty cool. Um, I think I'd take Vin Diesel and Kesha's baby. Okay. And, uh, well, I, like I said, that no, was- you know what? Nope, I changed my oh, mind. Yellow? Let's go, Diallo. Wow. Take it, Diallo. Sacrifice, Kevin. 
Assuming the child, here's the other caveat. Assuming the child makes it out okay out of that with those two as a parents. Uh, if, if the child was not going to make it out okay, I'd take the child. How about that? We'll do a little caveat. Okay. Well, uh, those were terrible questions. I think the first one was okay. The rest of them were not good questions. I completely um, agree. But I think the point is, and there's a point, is that Kansas fans want Chuck Diallo to be cleared and are, are, are really, really hoping. That happens so much so that they might even live in Columbia, Missouri. Mm. Uh, but let's move on to another storyline. Uh, and we have it titled Small Ball or Big Ball? Question <laughs> mark. And so initially it was if we're going to play Small Ball. And I think that was brought on by, you know, having Devontae Graham play the two alongside Frank Mason. So two fairly short point guards well, and, both occupying, you know, the guard positions. And Bragg and Perry playing together, both of which are not beefy players. So you basically you're playing with two ones and two fours. Yeah. And then two small fours. But yeah. Right. But I think that's changed a little bit. I think it just it shows the versatility is that Bill Self said today and talked about it for quite a while in his press conference that Perry Ellis is going to play the three quite a bit this year, or that he wants to play Perry at the three for, for some minutes. And, and, you know, that that frees things up to, you know, play actually pretty big. So if you're playing Perry at the three, Bragg at the four, and then, you know, big guy uh, Landon or whoever, or Hunter at the five, you know, that's a pretty pretty tall lineup. So what are your thoughts on, on how we're going to play here in terms of, you know, with size and how we're going to match up with teams? You know, I think the reason that Self went with the big the big ball lineup, which I think we'll call it for now until ever, uh, was that he was upset with the way that the Wings defended and the, the, the way the Wings played in that game, which is funny because we've got three Wings that are all, like, pretty much that's probably their best position uh, with Svee, with Brandon, and with Wayne. And so it's kind of funny. You know, I mean, you can even make the argument for if you throw in Perry. It's kind of funny that he's like, you know what? We've got three wings, but we're not going to play any of them. We're just going to put Perry in at the three. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So if you do that, just kind of spitballing here. But like you said, if you've got Perry out there, and he's athletic enough to guard a three probably, uh, and, and he can move around and probably even – you know, you can create some matchup issues there. But from a rebounding perspective, when you have Perry at the three and two other guys, as long as one of them's not Jamari Trailer, you got three good rebounders uh in the on the floor at the same time. And like crashing offensive boards and things like that. I mean that I mean that's like Bill Self's like wet dream. I mean, having a bunch of big guys able to go in and, and uh you know patrol the paint and 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 play physical ball. So we'll see if that ends up happening. I don't. I, I personally have been arguing for Perry to play the three for like some time, and because from the NBA perspective, I think we think that he'll have to play that position. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. You can the NBA has changed a little bit because you're starting to see some smaller fours out there. But uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of a kind of cool, I, and I think we'll see a little bit of both which will make it tough to defend us. And I think there'll be some matchups that where you got to go one way or the other and having that versatility would be cool. I, I want to talk a little bit about something that's going to happen with this, this season is that the rule changes. Uh, we've got two 
rule changes that I want you to go over. I think you've spent a little more time on it than I have. Well, first of all, it's the 30-second shot clock. Right. Uh, definitely, uh, at least at the game against Pittsburgh State, I definitely noticed, you know, KU playing a little quicker. Uh, and that may have been just trying to outrun Pittsburgh State. But playing a little quicker, getting the ball up. You know, we did a token press at some points. Um, but we're just playing a little quicker. And I think that that's partly a product of, you know, playing – this summer with the 24 second and partly, you know, Bill Self changing his ways a little bit in response to this 30 second shot clock. But I think it's going to benefit KU uh, more possessions, playing a little quicker, you know, with a, you know, having a pretty quick team. Um, so I'm interested to see how that ends up in, in the season. If it's noticeable at all, um, I, I think that there'll be some games where, you know, it's 67, 65 and you don't notice it at all. And that there's other games where, uh, it's really going to come across. But, but what are your thoughts on the shot clock? I think you're right. I think the five-second difference doesn't feel like a lot, but um, in just in-game motion and in-game you know situations, I think it will speed up the play a little bit. I think it's a good thing. I'd personally like to see it lower than that. Uh, and I, I think Self, probably if you'd asked him last year, uh, I'm not sure he would have loved the idea. And then he played that you know, played the university games. And I think he kind of liked it. Uh, you know, he said that after the fact. He even said, you know, it, it forces us to get going earlier. It forces us to, to make good decisions faster. It forces you, you know, I mean, you may not be able to swing the ball around and, and find the right angle, which is something he obviously loves to do. But uh, you may not be able to do it as much. But I don't know, it kind of forces the tempo. And we've got the guys to do that this year. And we're going to have the guys to do that for the next couple of years because Frank and Devonte aren't going anywhere. Uh, so I think it's cool. I think it, it will be a better brand of basketball. And I, but I don't think that rule change will be as much as the enforcement of the other rules that they are trying to push this year. And that is the uh, kind of the f- protecting the freedom of movement. And this is more of like the, the hand check stuff and the, you know, there will be a, a quite a bit more touch fouls called this year. I think they're trying to make it a little bit more of an NBA type of game. Uh, and they keep saying things, you know, the freedom of movement. So if you are in my way and, and, and you do not, you know, move your feet and you instead use your hands because it's a physical game. And the, at least the college brand of basketball has been a physical game where teams have gotten pretty good in KU included at kind of using that physicality to control the game, uh, that may not be the case anymore. And uh, I was reading an article, and Curtis Shaw, who's the Big 12 coordinator of officials, said, in my 30 years of college basketball, this is by far and away the most important year I've seen in regard to those two changes. And I think especially the freedom of movement. So it'll be interesting to see how the the refs uh, call it. Uh, You know, they said the same thing last year and the year before, and by the end of the year, either teams either figured it out or they just start, you know, kind of stopped blowing their whistle, which I think was more of the issue. Supposedly this year that's not happening. Um, there's a real push to make this game more appealing to people that are not college basketball fans but are NBA fans, and to do that they're really going to have to lock down on some of the uh, some of the freedom of movement stuff. So we'll see. I think there's a real danger there of of because the NBA game and the NCAA game is completely different. Mm-hmm. It probably just comes down to skill. 
Yeah. Uh, and especially with you know the NBA, everyone's you know pretty good, you know, with salary cap and with how they've designed things. So everybody's a pro who's on that. But when you have you know KU playing against Pittsburgh State, there's a a, 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 a skill disparity, and that you know. You don't want these games to turn into free throw contests, so right. you'll see kind of see how this works, and hopefully it improves the game. And, and I have a, I have hopes that it will, and we'll we'll see how it works. You know, probably pretty early on, early on in the season. And but my, my guess is, you know, into the conference season, we won't notice it uh, at all. It'll be pretty ingrained. But let's move on and talk about kind of the rotation. And what I want to talk about is kind of at the three spot. Uh, at the the small forward and or kind of you know, kind of the wing that the Bill Self plays with, uh, you know the the position that Wiggins played in the past. Uh, we've we've got quite a few guys here. Wayne played the three, started the three in the first game, but you've also got this whole stable with Sviatoslav, with Brandon Green, Green with uh, Devontae Graham, with LeGerald Vick, who could all step in and play that. Uh, is Wayne going to s- occupy that three spot, or is someone else going to jump in? You know, we thought that Spear or Brandon Green would come in, and you know, Wayne would play the two. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of ways to do this. You know, how is that going to? How is that spot going to end up? I think it starts up front <clears throat> with the the point guards, and I say that to because last year we saw Wayne playing the two because self for whatever reason, had to have Wayne play all the time, and he had to play the two, even though he wasn't playing very well. I think this year that's not the case. Uh, he saw that uh, Devontae Graham and Frank playing on the same court was an exciting uh, brand of basketball, that they really complemented each other, that it would allowed the ball to move better, that it got the ball down the court better, that Frank was able to go off the ball a little bit, which he can thrive in. Uh, and that Devonte can be a creator, having two creators on the same court, was pretty exciting uh, for Self. And and so once he saw that, I think that kind of got locked in, where those two are going to play a lot of minutes together. And so to get Wayne in the game, you got to slide him to the three. And he talked about how doing that would allow Wayne to to crash the boards more and use his physicality more and and be able to you know come off the wing instead of you know having to to be one of the guards at the top of the court that always has to run back on, on defense and things like that. And I just don't know. And maybe it's because he's hurt again, but man, I, I want to see what I saw from Wayne in Korea. And if I don't see that, I think that you got to play these other guys a little more at the three. And that what I'm saying by that is I don't think Wayne's going to shift to the two. I don't think we're going to see that like we did last year. Wayne's either going to play or he's not. Now he might play a little backup when one of those, when you know, when Frank or or Devonte sit. But I think it's going to end up being Frank's first shot at it, or I'm sorry, uh, Wayne's first shot at it. But if someone else is nipping at his heels, man, I think you got to play him over him. And and that's yeah, just what, that's and, where I'm you at. Know, if we get Wayne from the summer, you know, Wayne by and large every game was the best player on the floor. And it wasn't even close in a lot of those games. So if we can get the Wayne from the summer, uh, it's going to be a great year. I didn't see that against Pittsburgh State the other day. It's early. It, it's and, early. And he's hurt, uh, supposedly. He's he's a little be- banged up. But I'm with you. I, I completely agree. I didn't see that. He's either. been banged up for three years. I know. 
Uh, that, uh, that excuse but, has been thrown around a whole lot. And and I think it's a true excuse, by the way, because he just doesn't have the explosion that he saw in all those high school tapes. Um, I know high school tapes are kind of a, you know, whatever. You watch mixtapes, you're like, oh, man, that guy looks awesome. But what you can see in a mixtape that you can't see, that the best part about a mixtape is seeing the guy's burst and athleticism. I don't care if it's against six two white dudes who play the post position. What I want to see is how high that guy's getting above the rim, and just like and his burst and speed and and movement and and those types of things. And he just doesn't have that anymore. Uh, and and I hope it's because he's hurt, and I hope he gets through it because gosh, he he has so much potential when he's playing like that. But anyway, we'll see. Before we move on, one last thing. What about the bigs? Uh, don't have. Anybody crazy new other than Carlton Bragg coming in, but you know, you know, guys who are pretty steady Eddie with Perry Ellis, with uh, Landon Lucas and Jamari Trailer. Uh, what do you see from that lineup? Uh, you know, Perry looking to have an All American year, looking to have a first team All Big Twelve year. Um, but beyond Perry, you know, is, is Hunter going to come step up and, and steal some of those minutes, or is you know uh, he going to look a lot like last year? I think Hunter's the guy. Uh, unless Diallo gets cleared, I think Hunter ends up taking the second most minutes as a big other than, or, I'm sorry, Bragg will probably take the most minutes, but beyond Bragg, I'm talking about the next guy up. I think Hunter ends up feeling, filling that role. Jamari will play because Bill Self's in love with Jamari and he brings some, you know, energy off the bench. And if he's played in the right situations, that's fine. But I just think Landon's going to be the odd man out this year. Um, I think Landon is what Landon is, and he's a a, a nice piece um, when you're playing against a slow team. Uh, he's a nice piece when you got other guys around him that can score the ball because he's not an offensive threat, but he can gather up rebounds. He can give you some physical, you know, presence in the post, which you're going to need sometimes. He's going to play minutes, but I think uh, it ends up being Bragg and uh, Mickelson more more than uh, Landon and, and Trailer this year. What do you think? I think so, and I think we saw a lot from Hunter this summer. Uh, and, I, and I think that, by and large, he, he's not going to be the scoring five. He's not going to be the scoring uh, player that we want, but he's going to be uh, kind of that rim protector that Bill Self likes. You know, he blocked a lot of shots when he played for Arkansas, and we saw it a little bit this summer. So he's going to provide that extra level of protection that we're kind of used to seeing from Bill Self teams. Uh, didn't really have that last year, but I think defensively, Hunter's going to bring, you know, a big edge. and. Uh, I like Carlton Bragg a lot. I hope that he gets to play a lot of minutes. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a little step behind defensively, but hasn't really been tested in from, from what we've seen. But offensively, pretty polished, um, and actually plays pretty well with Perry. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't necessarily think so because they're kind of the same player, but they had some chemistry passing the ball and uh, running some plays to the extent they did uh, you know, against Pittsburgh State. So... Um, I, I kind of want to see where that develops with those two guys playing together. I agree. And I think that Bragg gives you something, a little something different than Perry. I think Perry's obviously a lot more polished, but Bragg seems to have a little bit more of a, uh, for lack of a better word, motor than, uh, than Perry does. Perry's just so smooth, but I think Bragg's going to get, you know, some of those points where he's just flying down the court and uh, and that that is one thing that I that I think will complement Perry a little bit. And then the other thing is, you know, Hunter. I agree with from a defensive perspective, but he looks like a big, slow white dude. 
but he's actually pretty athletic in the way that he runs the court. Now he's not going to jump high, but he gets down the court pretty pretty well. I mean, he he actually got rewarded a couple times just in the in the last game for being the second guy down the court and getting a you know getting the ball in transition. So that's the other thing. He's not. So I think there's a perception that he's kind of like the the big tall slow white guy, but he's more athletic than Landon is all day. Uh, now Landon's stronger and you know probably can push you around a little bit more, but. I'm excited about Mickelson this year. I think he's going to have a good year. Andrew, let's take a look at the schedule. Um, the non-con schedule tips off on Friday. We're just going to kind of quickly run through some of this. I'm not going to just dump everything on you, but I'll kind of throw out the games that jump out to me. Uh, we start with Northern Colorado, uh, and this will be a home game. And then we've got Michigan State in Chicago um, on 11-17. And, gosh, that is like – a week away so yeah that's yeah. a week from tomorrow so when you're listening to, to this uh it will be a week away <laughs> well yeah so it's, you'll probably hear this on a tuesday or later day or thursday or or two years from now i don't care <laughs> but uh, on november 17th 2015 <laughs> the jayhawks will be playing the michigan state spartans in chicago at the champions classic those are always fun games uh, except for last year, mm. it was not fun. And the year before, or not the year before that, but the year before that, and the year before that weren't very good either. But well, last year especially, yeah, not fun. But anyway, the Champion Classic always a good time. Uh, the all the eyes of college basketball will be glued to their televisions to watch um, those four teams. Always great teams playing, uh, and I'm certainly excited for it. An early test for the Jayhawks against number 13 Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State lost some guys, but, you know, a lot of people, um, if they're not picking Maryland to win the Big Ten, they're picking Michigan State. Uh, but from there, we move on to Maui. Hello. Uh, where we'll open up against the force, the tradition, the majesty that is Shamanad. Shamanad. The host school. What is the Shamanad? What is their, uh, what's their oh, mascot? Silver swords or something? Some crazy. I have no, to that's know. not it. Have to know. I have, have to, to know, know too. All right, we're gonna stop here. Uh, give you a little filler music while we look this up. Shamanade. Uh, you're like the people in the podcast are just throwing this is it out. Great. Go swords. No, there's there's screen. Is Go it really? swords. dot com. So it's probably silver swords or something swords. Um. Shamanade mask. Silver swords. I, was that right? Yeah. It's, good call. I knew it was something really strange. Uh, okay. Got a sweet logo that's a sword. <laughs> that's that's clever. Uh, all right, so the silver swords on eleven twenty three. We're talking about some uh, Thanksgiving action here. Versus the next game would be either UCLA or UNLV, and then uh, the final game will be. Of course, we're talking about a bracket here, so it will be one of four teams: St. John's, number eighteen Vanderbilt. Wake Forest, which uh, would be fun with Danny, or number 15, Indiana. So a couple uh, potential matchups there with another ranked team uh, on 11-25 if Vandy or Indiana end up uh, being there, and assuming we get there too. So uh, should be a nice time in Maui and hopefully another good test early on for these guys. And then there's kind of a break, Andrew, here. And last year and even the year before and maybe even the year before that, all of our non-conference games were so hard. Remember that? Like 
Kansas playing the, the hardest schedule ever by RPI and the hardest schedule on, you know, ever documented. We got a nice break this year. Uh, after Maui, we play good teams, not great teams. And I think this will be a difference to see these guys build a little bit and maybe get some guys the minutes that we couldn't get minutes last year, uh, which was kind of frustrating. So we got uh, Loyola, uh, Harvard, Holy Cross, Oregon State, Montana, and then we go to to San Diego State on twelve twenty two. So that little stretch there between Loyola and Montana, uh, we might have an opportunity to play some guys, maybe throw some new things in, uh, build on on some success, hopefully, and then be ready to really jump into the Big Twelve season. We play at San Diego State, and then we got UC Irvine, who, by the way. That's no slouch either. That's the team that almost beat Louisville in the tournament this year or last year. Do they still have that giant guy? Ah, good question. I don't know. You should Google right. it. Well, um, uh, <laughs> hey Siri. <laughs> hey, we'll just we'll see if this works. See if this works. Hey Siri. Do, what I found. No. <laughs> Siri does not know my basketball questions. Hey Siri, does UC Irvine still have that giant man? Let's see. Okay, I found this on the web for does UC Irvine still have the giant man? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. I don't know. We'll do some research into that. I think Siri's wrong. All right. Uh, and then, Andrew, we actually have a uh, – we start the Big 12 season there right around the start of the new year. But we do have one more non-conference game. That's slated right in the middle of the Big 12 season. And that is, of course, against number two, Kentucky. Uh, there are eight league games played first. So we get about halfway through the uh, through the conference season. And then we have a little non-con game against some upstart uh, basketball program uh, named Kentucky on January 30th in Allen Fieldhouse. That game will be fun. That game will be a lot of fun. If you bought season tickets and you want to pay for them all, you could probably sell your Kentucky ticket and come out even and go to the rest of the games because that game will probably be the hottest ticket in college basketball this year, already going on SeatGeek for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, probably hottest ticket since the last Missouri game in 2012. You're probably right. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. I really think it will be. Yeah. But – It'll be a good test because I think both teams will be highly ranked at that point, um, both with some veteran players, some veteran players from Kentucky, uh, and definitely some some high prospects uh, if Diallo's playing. So we'll be a test. You know, the last time we've had some success against Kentucky coming into the Fieldhouse, I remember playing against Rondo a couple oh, yeah. of years ago, the, around New Year's, and then, of course, with uh, – Patino coming in in was it nineteen ninety where eighty nine or ninety yeah, yeah getting blown out by scored one hundred and fifty points fifty five points so we've had some success against the Guacats, uh but none of that matters with these two teams coming in but it will be the highlight of college basketball for a lot of folks in the regular season and I'm certainly excited indeed okay let's uh, let's do a quick rundown of the Big Twelve as well and since we haven't had any opportunities to do any drops I just have to. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. How about playing a little defense? You ever heard of that one, Stan? 
Okay, so we got a lot of storylines in the Big 12 this year. A pretty solid uh, conference, especially at the top. Uh, and that's kind of interesting. You've talked about the Big 12 over the last several years having a pretty deep conference. You know, everyone, maybe the couple bottom feeders, but overall pretty solid. This year, I think it's a little bit more situated toward the top few teams. Uh, although you never know, some some of the bottom teams could surprise. Let's talk about first off, Andrew. We had two big coaching changes with Shaka coming in for Rick Barnes and then the mayor heading out of Ames and Steve Prome comes in as the replacement there. What do you think of these two coaches jumping into these roles with teams that should be pretty solid? Well, they're both jumping into good situations. Uh, if you look at Shaka Smart uh, coming in with, with a lot of returning guys, guys that you know have had success and have a lot of talent but maybe underperformed a little bit the past couple of years, um, I think both these teams are going to be pretty salty. Uh, and especially, you know, Iowa State. Iowa State's, you know, returning most players uh, and coming in with a pretty, you know, pretty good coach. A coach who's had some success, um, uh, you, you know, at a lower lower type school, but still has some success in terms of winning basketball games. So, Murray State. Murray State Racers. Racers. Um, but, uh, you know, it, the Big 12 is going to be incredibly competitive, and I think it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be, you know, these these new coaches coming in and trying to learn the system. They're going to hit the ground running, and you know, probably, you know, I, I think Texas is going to be underrated, uh, and they're really going to, uh, you know, be a factor in the Big Twelve this year. I agree, uh, and we've got some high-profile names in the conference. Obviously, Buddy Heald is being talked about for AP All-American First Team preseason. We got uh, George Nang, who's also up there. Um, We've got teams, Andrew, three teams in the top eight with KU, either four or five, whichever ranking you're looking at. Iowa State, seven, OU, eight, Baylor, 22 or 21, somewhere in there. And then West Virginia is also ranked in one of the polls. So we've got uh, five teams, three especially highly ranked teams that are all going to be right at the top all year long. And that'll be kind of a fun, uh, a fun race this year. Let's do, Andrew, what do you say we do some power rankings to talk about the Big 12? We'll do our first round of power rankings, and then as we do our power rankings, we'll kind of spend like, I don't know, 10 seconds per team giving a quick little spiel about them. What do you say? As long as we can do a power rankings drop. Oh, hang on. Uh, I was not prepared for that. That's all. That's the only way I'll do it. Um, well, you can't hear the drop, so I could do the drop and say I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it. Like I, I, want, I want the drop. All right, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Siri, can you play the... <laughs> there it is. The power lies on their side. Go, go, Power Rankers. All right, the Power Rankers. Uh, go, go, Power Rankers. Andrew, I got Kansas at the top. What do you uh, think of that? I think it's their throne to take. I think you got to put them up there. Um, but, you know, just... Beyond the bias that we have, and obvious, obvious it's a KU podcast, um, I think it's going to be going to take a lot for someone to dethrone them. Certainly some possibilities there, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm feeling pretty good about this team. The next team up, this is a tough one, uh, between Iowa State and Oklahoma. I gave Iowa State the nod. Uh, they return four key starters, obviously. Uh, we talked about Nyang. We got McKay. 
Monte Morris, who's a stud, Naz Long, uh, big goofy white dude that makes threes, Matt Thomas. They've got a very, very good team, and I don't think that they will fall off too much because of a coaching change, just because those guys are so good. Uh, what do you think of number two there, Iowa State, or would you put Oklahoma there? Well, I certainly think you could put Oklahoma there. Uh, I, I group them pretty close together, um, and if you want to break the tie, you probably break it with the coaching aspect. Um, but, you know, Oklahoma has some some guys to say – they should be included pretty high, you know, with Buddy Heald being regarded by many as you know, possible player of the year in the entire college basketball. Um, Isaiah, Cummins co- Isaiah Cousins coming back, and then Ryan Spangler, our, our favorite. Uh, Spangler. Tatted up white guy. Uh, Jordan Woodward's also coming back. You know, they may have the best defense in the Big 12. And, you know, they probably will have the best defense in the Big yeah. 12. Um, just going to be a couple areas where they're going to be lacking in terms of, you know, is Spangler going to be the only guy down low? Um, but otherwise, you know, they're going to score a lot of points. Buddy Hill's going to score a lot of points, and they're going to be pretty salty. So uh, if you want if you want to break the tie, Lon Kruger can can break your tie and put you at number two. But I think I still go Iowa State 2, Oklahoma 3. All right. And, Andrew, number four, I've got Baylor. Uh, of course, a team that kind of surprised last year a little bit. No one really projected them to play very well, and they ended up going 24-10, made the tournament. Uh, they've got Torian Prince back. Obviously, Rico's back. They got Motley. Uh, between those three, that might be the Big 12's best front court. I don't maybe even think it's close. So um, they will have a pretty solid team. I don't think that they – I kind of honestly think that they're right here in a little tier by themselves. If we talk about the top three teams, Kansas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma – you might be able to put Texas and West Virginia close by to call it a tier, but I think Baylor might be in their own tier, kind of the that, that two tier with the other ones, 1A, B, and C. Uh, what do you think of Baylor there? Yeah, I like Baylor, but I, I don't know. Just Scott Drew doesn't give me tons of confidence that there's going to be tons of success there, but they had some success last year when they didn't expect to, uh, which is kind of a change of pace. Uh, they've got some good pieces, and I think they've got some younger players like Jonathan Motley. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but this could be one of those uh, Scott Drew having some expectation years and ending up in the NIT. Fair. But, I mean, I, I think Texas and West Virginia definitely have a – and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they if they jump Baylor sometime even early in the Big 12. That's uh, fair. Let's, but let's talk about Texas. I think that Texas is next on the list. You know, they have some talent. They have nine top 100 recruits on the roster. Uh, second only KU with 10. You know, if they can get Isaiah Taylor and Javon Felix going, uh, Cam Ridley's back for his senior se- season. Apparently he's lost lost some weight, so he's he's going to have to in shotgun system. That, <laughs> able to run that havoc. Havoc. Uh, with, which I guess they can't call it havoc anymore because it's trademarked by VCU. But whatever they're going to call it, the Longhorn, uh, Longhorn Press. Uh, and then, of course, DeMarcus Holland closing it out. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty salty team. You know, they don't necessarily have to run great offense if they're getting a bunch of steals and getting layups. Yeah. Well, West Virginia can uh, attest to that because that's basically all that they can do. Uh, let's talk about them next. They had some success last year going 25-10 and 10 based largely on that uh, uh, blueprint that you just described uh, with some sort of a up-tempo havoc defense. And just they led the – I think they led the – D1 and, and turnovers, I'm pretty sure, and maybe not close. Uh, 
Uh, they ended up making it to the Sweet 16 last year, but uh, they lost uh, Juwan Staten. They returned four other starters, though. So uh, I think they're going to be solid. And, you know, if you rely on that pressure D, it is somewhat of a boomer bust. And uh, I think they will boom quite a bit, especially against teams like the next four, uh, and that is Oklahoma State, TCU, Tech, and K-State. Uh, I have Oklahoma State 7 here. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, but just because it's a coin toss. Yeah. I think you can randomly put any of these. I, I think you're probably putting Oklahoma State there based on, like, past. And Forte. Past, past success and Forte. But – they could finish last, and it wouldn't surprise me. So they had a good recruiting class. Um, they actually got a McDonald's All-American, Juwan Evans, and they got a Juco. And we're going to have to watch this guy, Igor Ibaka. Ooh. You might recognize that last name. That is, is Serge's brother? brother of Serge's Serge brother? Ibaka. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Good, yeah. good find. Good Thank find. you. Thank you. I do my research. Uh, we'll thank the ESPN Stats and Information, or Jayhawk Talks Stats and Information Department that Came up with that. Okay. Uh, they, they're, they're hard workers, though. Yeah, they're hard workers, yeah. uh, which was basically me on my lunch break. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, the next three, Andrew, I think we can kind of toss in in whatever order you want. I couldn't even – I really couldn't figure out a way to do this other than I wanted to put K-State last, so I did. Uh, so I got TCU at eight. Uh, they did lose Keen Anderson and three of their top four scorers. But they still have Carvio Shepard, who was supposed to be pretty good. Like, we recruited him. Uh, and they got Chris Washburn, who's a pretty good scorer. I don't know what to think. Um, but they I have wanted... 4 and 14 written all over them. Yeah, they do. Um, which would – is that an improvement? I think that might have been an improvement. Or maybe the same. Uh, and then we got Texas Tech. This is year three under Tubby. They return everybody. Uh, they actually had an okay recruiting class last year, and those guys are all a year older. So maybe I'm underselling Tech a little bit. Maybe they have the chance to be the surprise team. Uh, and by surprise, I mean you know moving up to seventh on this list instead of ninth. And uh, and then I have K State. You know, Williams. I know nothing about K State because they're completely new players. Yeah, because they lo- everyone transferred. Like they could, they're <laughs> they completely they're completely new players. I don't know anything about them. Um, they did get. Uh, a uh, a seven. They brought in a seven-player recruiting class because they had to. Uh, led Andrew by a six-ten Dean Wade, who was Kansas's Mister Basketball. Interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Obviously, I had not heard of this this man. So apparently, uh, either I'm just not paying that close of attention, or our Mister Basketball this year wasn't as good as Perry Ellis, uh, or. Connor Frankamp or whoever else has been the, the Mr. Basketballs in Kansas over the last few years. So we shall see, Andrew. That rounds out the Big 12. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun year in the Big 12. I think that there are a lot of interesting storylines, really good high-level players, which will be kind of fun. I think the Big 12 will have a little bit of a spotlight from a national perspective because of that. Uh, and I think it will be a fun season. I do too, but let's get into a couple expectations, predictions, um, and let's kind of talk about initially what are the keys to getting this 12th straight Big 12 title uh, and having additional success. Uh, I think the first one 
is Czech Diallo. Agree, he has to be declared eligible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think we can still win the Big 12. Uh, I think we have Final Four upside without him. I think that will rely or that will require a whole lot of things to happen, like Wayne being good, like we talked about, like Bragg being you know playing better than uh, you know a, a freshman. He needs to actually come in and play awesome. Uh, that means Frank is playing out of his mind and, and that we're getting a lot of good pieces off the bench. It's going to require like a lot of conditions to get there. Uh, and getting Diallo cleared will make some of those conditions not as important. So, yes, I think he is definitely a huge key. Okay, I'm going to do this by emoji. Okay. So, Diallo, thumbs up. Thumbs up emoji. Okay. That's required. Number Got two him. is Wayne 100 Fire emoji. Yeah. So emoji, fire emoji. This is Wayne realizing his potential is an important part of uh, getting the 12th straight. We've talked about this quite a bit already in this podcast, so we're not going to rehash it. But, yeah, he needs to figure it out. 100, fire. Okay. You want to keep going with your emojis? I, I don't yeah, I'm trying because okay. I'm, I'm stalling. Cause Are I'm you stalling because you're trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do for the next one? <laughs> All right, the next one is Mickelson uh, taking uh, another big jump from this summer, becoming a defensive presence. Uh, let's just go with, like, the number one, like, with the, the emoji, the, the hand with number one. But just imagine it's animated and going back and forth like a knot in my right. house. Okay. Like a, like a Mutombo finger wag. So that's that's the emoji we're going with there. Um, if, if he can step up defensively and be a presence, I think that this team will be, uh, you know, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of what we were missing last year. Yes. Uh, I think that that can, 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 can propel us into one of the elite teams. Uh, number four. Hang on. Hang on. I can yeah. do number four with a drop. Okay, good. Um, that was uh, bitch. I'm Frank Mason. That was the drop. I love it. Uh, I hope that doesn't go away. That needs to be. Oh, it won't. It won't. What I want to know is who's going to be the next one. Who's the next rap going to be about? Is it going to be like? I hope it's a country song about Hunter Mickelson. I was just going to say, and it's called "Ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson." <laughs> Ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. <laughs> okay, well we have to write this song now. <laughs> Ma'am, ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. Ma'am, <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. Ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. Did uh, you just come up with that on the fly? Yes, I That's did. Great. That's yeah. great. That's great. Okay. Right. Be looking for the next single to drop <laughs> on YouTube. Jayhawk Talk ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. Ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. There you go. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the key there is that uh, Frank continues to be a monster, and I think he's going to take an even bigger step this year, which if he does – my God, man, he he is he's my most exciting player I want to watch this year. Even if Diallo's cleared, I'm still all in on on Frank Mason. I'm so excited about him. Uh, he just needs to stay healthy because he scares me so much when he dives on the floor and like goes up. And, anyway, uh, and then Andrew, one of the other keys or questions is a potential shift in offensive philosophy, and we saw this a little bit in Korea. You know, getting more shots up moving the ball a little bit uh, you know, down the floor a little faster, trying to take advantage of our athleticism. And we've got shooters on this team. We've got Sviatoslav. We've got Brandon Green. Wayne can shoot. Perry can shoot. 
Graham can shoot. All these guys can shoot the three. I want to see some threes going in this year. I want to see an, an emphasis on looking for three-pointers. I know that Bill Self loves himself some fool's gold comments when he's talking about three-pointers going in. But, man, there is all the metrics say to shoot them. All the NBA is going to that. They're doing it for a reason. Uh, and we've actually got the we've got the horses this year to do that. So we'll see if it actually happens. All right, Kevin, I'm going to throw a little bit of a wrench in here. Okay. We're going to do a couple hot sprots takes. Oh, I like and, those. And then we're going to go to our over-unders. I think we should save the preseason awards just to give the give them a little taste of it, and then okay. we'll we'll do it next week. So I want you to give me an outlandish prediction for KU. Um. Okay, we talked about doing this, but I don't think either of us actually wrote any down. Um. So I'm kind of thinking here. Okay. Uh, I got one. Uh, Wayne Seldon loses a starting job. Ooh. At some point, at some point in the season. That's intense. All right, I've got one. All right, what do you got? On the Wednesday of (laughs) Thanksgiving break. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. The Wednesday of Thanksgiving break. Then we play. They demolish McCollum. Okay, they're tearing it down, and in the rubble. The basketball team gets sucked into Cartoon Land, <laughs> like on Space Jam. I got the reference. And they have to play a game to save the universe from Donald Trump's evil basketball takeover company. <laughs> Are they going to win? This this is all sucked in through the like a portal's unleashed after they demolish McCollum because they're demolishing McCollum. Did you see this? McCollum Hall, of course. If you if you're not with us. Uh, the the big you know residence hall on campus is getting uh, there's something going on underneath McCollum and it's gonna be creepy and it's going to involve some sort of cartoonic basketball movie. Maybe this is the start of the National Treasure movie. Ooh, like National they Treasure. Like they find the something under there that yeah we'll we'll have to talk about this. Some well, we need to write that movie. We've I think talked so. about writing the basketball treasure movie. Yeah, we need to get that. All right, yeah. All right. I, I don't know that I have one to beat that. Um, I guess I'll take it back to basketball because this one popped in my head. I think Perry Ellis will lead the team in three-point percentage. Mm, okay, well, he did that did a couple that? years ago. Two did years he, ago okay. when he was a sophomore, he he didn't take a bunch. I mean, he took a fair amount, but he I think he shot 43% from three. I think uh, he shoots a lot of them this year. Not like a lot, lot, like he's not going to lead the team, but uh, I think he'll shoot – what, fifty of them? Okay, so that's that's a over one a game, one and a half a game. Yeah, ish. maybe even more, maybe even more. We'll see. Um, all right, that, is there enough hot sprouts takes? That's enough any, hot sprouts takes. Any... Let's do some over unders. These are you know little ditties that you can play along with at home. Uh, and if you were waiting for the uh, preseason awards, the tradition here at the Jayhawk Talk podcast, we will do that next week. Uh, and maybe we'll add a couple just to uh, to give you a bonus for, for waiting an extra week on that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read you a couple, and then I want you to tell me what you're thinking. Okay. And this does not count the Pittsburgh State game or the Fort Hayes game coming up. Of course not. Okay? No. So this is all regular season because this would already impact it. First one, 19 and a half dunks for Perry Ellis. Okay, I'm going to consult my phone here because I still have the dunk report from last year on my phone. Which you're going to continue to do. I am. I'm not going to do everybody. This was, That was way too much work. Uh, 
Because you can't after, keep track of dunks. Well, like after the game, I'd like forget to do it, and then I'd have to like tweet out. Can you guys tell me who dunked? And then I right. get nine different answers. All right, let's recruit someone who among oh, the yes. Jayhawk Talk listening audience wants to be the curator. Of, of the, the KU dunk report. Of the KU dunk report. Hashtag KU dunk report. So, actually, supposedly, that you, you can get your own Twitter account and we'll retweet it. Every every week we will retweet it. Uh, here's the issue. So, supposedly, KU uh, counts dunks and they release it to the media. Well, there's, like that, a there's a website. There's a website. That but does. it's wrong. It is 100% wrong because I was keeping it very closely and all my numbers were different, and I trust my KU Dunk report way more than them, even though I just told you that I didn't really take it that seriously. So I'm still counting on someone else to do this. Uh, but I'll count, I'll, I'll count Perry Dunk. So Perry Dunk. Maybe we'll even have you on the podcast to give us an update on the Dunk report. That, sure. I don't care. Like, you'd have his own drop, like, Perry Dunk report. And then and then it would you'd be on for five seconds and then that would be the end of it but two dunks yeah. and then over <laughs> that's the end <laughs> all right so i can tell you i just pulled it up we stalled enough here uh cliff led the team with 29 dunks despite oh, missing several games uh and second on the team andrew perry ellis with 19 oh so you set that line close i did uh yeah, and then Ubre was third with fourteen. Give you a little background. Okay, so um, I set it at nineteen and a half here. I put this out on Twitter, and everybody freaked out that I was way too low, way too low. Like everyone's like, "Where can I bet that?" I'm like, "Well, can't." But um, so maybe I am too low. What do you think here? Well, just going from last year, I mean, if Perry's going to play more of the three, it's going to be, you know, he's further away from the basket, less less of an opportunity. you got to figure he's, you know, one year better, one year better at creating his own shot, maybe one year better at driving people quicker. He's not injured like he was at the end of last season, so there's going to be some opportunity. Teams. Play worse team. So, you know, I think it's – I take the over. I think I do too. But So maybe it needs to go up a little bit just, uh, you know – Assuming that raise from the next year. So I think the line, what if I set it at 21 and a half? Let's just set it at 22. 22 even. What do you think? I'd probably, ooh, I think I'd take the under. So I think the line's okay. not terribly off. No, uh, no. Okay. All right. Good okay, so talk. let us know. Let us know on Twitter. Yes. Uh, 22. If the line's 22, what do you guys think? All right, there you go. All right, here's another one, Andrew. Over, under, one and a half. Number of KU players will be on the Big 12 first team, all Big 12 first team, one and a half players. Frank and Perry, I think, are going to make it. I think they're definitely going to make it. I think Perry, you know, Perry made it last year. I think Frank got robbed by not getting in. Uh, I think it's it's their year. I, think I hope so, and I think I will take you there as well. All right, here's another one, Andrew. Over under uh, one half. Rap songs about KU this year that we have to play on this podcast. Over. Okay, there it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's, there, we're good for one a year. I think that's <laughs> I agree. traditionally it's one a year. Whether they're good or bad, I think that that's like last year just happened to be an amazing year. Yeah, that was great. Uh, okay, so that, that was easy, easy over there. Uh, here's one over under 18 games played by Diallo. Ugh. I know. So 18 games represents 
the possibility that he's playing in the second semester because there are less than 18 games yeah. before in the first semester. Uh, I just don't feel good about it. I'm going to take the under. I think I am too. And it makes me so super sad. Uh, I just, the things that I've heard have not been positive and they're all from people that probably don't know, but might have some good ideas. And I just, ugh, I don't, anyway. Uh, all right, let's move on. Cause that one makes me sad. Uh, well here, let's do this one. If Diallo is cleared over under 50 times that he gives a Dikembe finger wag after a block. I'm going to go under. Okay. Because he's going to develop his own thing. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Here's another one. Uh, over under 38 and a half three pointers for Sviatoslav Mikhailuk this season. To give you a little background there, uh, Brandon Green had 40 last year. So we're giving him a 38 and a half for Svee. Uh, last year, Svee only had 15 threes. So this is a pretty high number, 38 and a half. What do you got? I'm going to go. I'm going under. I think I am too. Uh, but I hope it's over because that would be neat. All right, here you go. Uh, over under one and a half Frisbee dog halftime shows. Well, it should be 18. Yeah. I think they'll do one, so I'm going to take yeah. the under. I hope it's more. Maybe like the away games they'll do one. Oh, good point. Okay. You convinced me. I'm going to go, to go back to over. Okay. Because they got to, when, whenever KU comes to town, they got to have the good. The best like, halftime, halftime show. show. And that is and obviously, obviously the best the best halftime show is Frisbee, Frisbee dogs. dogs all day long. Not uh, close. Although, good news what? on that front. The Red Panda's back. She went Ugh. into retirement because she, she got hurt. Ugh. I She's not back like at her retirement Panda. like Jordan in 95. Ugh. I was the only one that doesn't like Red Panda. Am I the only one? I think you like her. Everyone I've ever talked to likes her. I don't if, know what about it. If you she, don't know who Red Panda is, it's the Chinese bowl-flipping lady unicycle gal. Honestly, she stresses me out. Like, it's all good fun with the Frisbee dogs. Like, they're just running and catching Frisbees, and it's hilarious and awesome. But she's up there, and she's doing that thing, and I'm, like, afraid she's going to fall. And Tie like, drama. Tie I'm drama. I'm afraid that she's going to break one of those bowls because those things have to be expensive. They're, like, like you can't just buy those at Bed Bath & Beyond. Those are, like, fancy bowls that they have to – that they're made for that. I'm just telling you. I'm I'm not a fan. I do not like watching. I will go outside and stand with the smokers before I watch another red band. <laughs> I don't not a fan. All right. Uh all right, one more here, Andrew. Over under one and a half incidents at the cave this year involving KU basketball players. Ooh. There will be one. Oh, oh, I was gonna say maybe there's a new place, but I don't think there is a new place. I think it's the caves. Oh, we're gonna go well, so what did you say one and a half? Yeah. I think they'll just be one. I'm going to go under. I think you're right. I'll take the under as well. But a good, I, I think that's the right line. Right. Because uh, there's going to be one. There's going to be one. And then whether it's it's two or not. Uh, I think if you set the line as how, over under calls that Bill Self gets at 2 o'clock in the morning regarding one of his players doing something at a bar. At the cave. It's over. At any bar. Or, or the cave that we know that we find out. About or we didn't find out about, but that Bill found out about that would be over. Yeah. But if it's if it's just in public incidents that are reported, I, I, I agree. I think we'll, we'll keep it low. We'll keep the under. Andrew, I think that was great. Good over unders there. We have one very important task left in this podcast, and if you've made it this far, bless you. 
for sticking with us. Uh, we have not talked about KU basketball in a long time. We can't, we just want to keep talking about it. So, uh, hang with us for just a few more minutes because we have a very important thing to do, Andrew, and that is develop a drinking game about KU basketball. And for a little background here, uh, Andrew and I, uh, if you were old enough to remember the good old days uh, of the fake Joe Dooley uh, KU basketball drinking game, uh, Andrew and I had a hand in, in helping develop that. Uh, and it was at a Hooters, I think. In, in Topeka, if I recall, That's uh, right. were we at a Hooters sitting there developing this over lunch? I think. Yes, uh, it was. Okay, there you go. So anyway, we and we miss it. We we have a little nostalgia about the the KU basketball drinking game, and uh, we want to do it again. So here we are. Uh, if you remember the Dooley drinking game, I'll just kind of give you some background. So the the key was everybody in the room that's watching the game picks a player, and every player. That everyone in the room would have the same rules regarding a few things, but then there would be some very specific rules for that player that if that player did something, you got to either drink or give out drinks. And it was a lot of fun and everyone seemed to really enjoy it. So we're going to do it again. We're probably going to have to print this out somewhere and put it on the blog or something. I don't know. Cause we're not gonna be able to figure it out on here, but the key that we have to figure out today is Andrew, the superpowers. Because the rules are, you know, if you if they score a point, you got to drink. If they get a technical foul, there's like all these other things. If they posterize somebody, you posterize your friend next to them. If uh, if there's a back bump in the game, you have to back bump someone in the room. There's all these rules that we had that were very important, but uh, and those I think should all stay because I think they were pretty solid. But we have to figure out the superpowers for each player. And if that person achieves his superpower during the game, you get to do something cool. You give so, out drinks. No, you give out drinks. Right. So, for instance, uh, Tyshawn Taylor's was uh, if he makes a crazy pass, because he would do that. If uh, Thomas Robinson pretends to be a point guard, that was his superpower. If uh, Travis Relliford made a hustle play, that was his superpower, which was a very good one. Relliford was the best one to have. Uh, if Withy blocks a shot, another good superpower or uh, And then all these things were, you know, if he blocks a shot, you give out three drinks, and then you feel free to rub it in by giving the recipient a Dikembe Mutombo finger wag. Third reference to Dikembe Mutombo today on the uh, podcast. So, anyway, we got to figure this out, Andrew. We don't know who the starters are, so I think we just give superpowers to, like, six or seven guys. Uh, and then if Diallo is cleared, we have a special podcast that's only dedicated to figuring out what his what his special power is. And a celebration podcast about Diallo. I think we'll just do one podcast devoted to him. If It'll just be cleared. like music and like you can hear us dancing in the background. That will be it. That will be the only thing and the superpower discussed on that podcast. So what do you got, Andrew? We got Perry. Uh, the first thing that jumps out to me is obviously Perry Dunk, right? Well, yeah, but I think you got to be more nuanced than that. When we did it for the second season, it was if it was like a big dunk, you gave out more. But if it was like this little Perry dunk, little Perry, little baby Perry dunk, little, little baby Perry dunk, then it wasn't. You didn't get much. I like, like that. So, like, let's just do a big or a small. Like, just don't don't give it too much. Like, if it's just if it's weak Perry dunk, then it's like I gotta write this down. Uh, like you give out two, but if it's like a Perry dunk, then you give out. Or, or we can come up with that later, but the gist of it is should be should be tiered. Yeah, and it has to, his hand has to touch the rim here. We're not talking about one of his little like 
thing. Like, it actually has to be sort of – it has to count toward the KU Dunk Report uh, that someone will be giving on this podcast. So there you go. Uh, I like that. That was the easy one. Um, Frank Mason, the first thing that jumped out to me, and feel free to disagree on these. I only came up with, like, a couple, but – uh, where he gets fouled on a drive. I, I think that's good. I think that's perfect. That, that's very. Similar. And he has to hit like the floor, Tyshawn. though. Right? He has, to, he, he has to fall down? Yeah, I think he has to hit the, Well, that happens like five times a game. Okay, but then I think it should be bonus if he makes it. Ooh, I like it. Okay, so uh, if it's if he gets fouled on a hard drive and he hits the floor, that's the superpower, right? Right, but if, he, if it's an and one, if it goes in, then it's like the bonus. So I like this. Uh, we got a couple things here. All right, got it. Um, Wayne Selden, uh, Andrew. I'm not sure on this. I like one. the three pointer. I like the three pointer. Let's go three pointer. Yeah. All right, because he doesn't like. He's not going to do anything that much more. Like, he's pretty nondescript in his game. He's not going to posterize anybody. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think three-pointer. I can't think of anything. Uh, is there any kind of qualifier you can do on a special? Because we gave the other two two guys special. We'll, we'll think about it. There, there could powers. be something to add. Let's just get the, a base, a good base for right I now. like it. Okay. Devontae Graham. You have on here smiles, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. All right. You know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, when they, yeah no, I totally When do. they panned to, to, to him in a – and it's just him in the picture, and he's laughing or smiling, which happens like three or four times a game. So that's what I was thinking about. Uh, that might be tough, though. I agree. We might have to come up with something else. Uh, all right. Well, I, I don't have one. All right. We're going to come back to him. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll address this on the next podcast if we come up with anything more solid. Okay. Uh, Carlton Bragg, you know, we've seen him this summer, and we've seen him play against Pitt State. Don't know if I know his game well enough to come up with something yet. Yeah, so we'll have to have this figured out before Friday. So we have tomorrow's game to kind of feel this out a little bit more. Um, so maybe we, we wait till the exhibition season is over to finalize this and post it on the website. Uh, but I think, huh, I think the key is we have to do one for at least Bragg, Diallo, and or not Diallo, uh, Hunter. And Hunter, do you do a block? Yeah, um, definitely block. Hunter block? Yeah. Okay. And Ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's a country song. Do we have anyone from Nashville who are fans listening to to this podcast just, who can help us out? Whip something up real quick there. Just 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 we'll whip up a little ditty. Like they write songs before breakfast, so Right. Um, all right. Who else deserves a well, I think Superpower. Brandon Green and Sviatoslav can kind of be like one. That's a good idea. We combine Branislav. Uh, Branislav. <laughs> there's a better. There's a better way to do that. Uh, and that's obviously like something three pointer, yeah, like it has to something be. beyond like the Wayne three pointer, but something crazy. Hmm. Uh, We're gonna have to give that some thought too. But I like combining them. I thought that's a great idea. Okay. We're going to put our heads to this. We'll, we'll come up with something pretty good, and we'll have you guys um, have an excuse to drink during the games once again after a few years of uh, oh, layoff. We missed it. Little uh, little nostalgia there. Had to I, come back to it. I like how you said if you're old enough. 
You know that was like two years ago. I know. <laughs> well, but things go so fast. Twitter, like, I feel like I'm an old Twitterer now. I mean, I, no, I totally do too. Like, uh, Twitter was, I was doing Twitter in like 08, man. And now it's like a very different Twitter experience now. Uh, All okay. right, so let's let's do one thing before we close. Um, we're going to talk football for literally 20 seconds, and okay. all we'll say is we'll have our preview for the bowl game against K-State because it's our only bowl game. <laughs> um, we're probably not going to say anything more about it unless we keep a game within 30 points. That's the uh, rule. It's, it's a bad year. I like David Beatty, but it's a, we, not fun We to do watch. need to have a little recap at some point. After and we will, and, and we, we will. will. We're gonna do that. But it's if you're not- if you're tuning in to KU fo- to what here KU football coverage, you gotta go somewhere else. Gosh, it's so hard. And we and we go to the games. This isn't like us oh, being no. here, like you know, hey, screw KU football. We are there every time, every home game. It's just so brutal. Uh, anyway, all right. I, well, it's good to be back, Kevin. We're yes, gonna get uh, a regular schedule going on this. Uh, hopefully give you some funny stuff uh, as well as a little bit of information, but I think it's going to be a good year. KU basketball. I'm yes. excited. Cannot wait. Uh, you could find me at Jayhawk talk. You could find Andrew at Sherlock hoops. If you want to keep the dunk report, reach out to one of us. If you're like really big into writing country songs about KU players, you should reach out to us for that as well. Ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson. Uh, ma'am, I'm Hunter Mickelson has to be the chorus, though. Uh, that's the only rule. I think that's it, Andrew. Let's get out of here. We've been here for over an hour. Thank you so much for making it this far, if you made it this far. We will talk to you next week. We will have real games to talk about. Check the blog. Check the Twitter for the KU drinking game. Uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, but it's going to have a name. I don't think we can call it the fake Jodooly drinking game, or maybe we can. We're just going to have to figure that out when we get there. So if you have suggestions, by the way, uh, send those to us as well. Uh, you can be a vital role, play a vital role in making uh, this year's drinking game. We hope to hear from you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can catch us on iTunes, all those other places. Thank you. Good night. And good night. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hopes. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hopes. And if you love it, then I love it, cause we hopes, baby. I tried to tell them. Every time we on the court, I try to tell them that we never coming up short. I try to tell them that we came here to get the win. I try to tell them that, that they should never let us in. They say that we the best, but I say we the greatest. That's why they try to knock us down and always seem to hate us. That's why they talk about us. They know they can never fade us. It's tradition and that Kansas pride that has truly made us. They know just how we feel. They know at Allen Field that we gon' keep it real shout out the bill this for them fans that waited off in them long lines camped out before the games and they stayed a long time every dollar that we spend just to watch our team win on a jayhawk shirt or a new green bins with a sticker on the back with the k and the u uh-huh yeah baby that'll make you say oh we at the top of the top just like we should be started from the bottom thanks to what james could see Dr. Naismith made a game for man, changed lives for the players, and did the same for, for the fans. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope.